0: Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasick and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vasick. You can find me on Twitter at Hashtag Kangaroos. So today I was once again joined by Ricky as we did a bit of a a review of our performance against Carlton. Um, We we also talked about a number of other things. Um, we, We did a uh, basically a season uh, review, uh, talked about individual players. Jason and Francis, of course. Um, it was obviously great um, that we just found out before that uh, you got an Orange Rising Star nomination this week. And, yeah, we talked a little bit about that. Uh, we talked about the back line, midfield, uh, forward line, Todd Goldstein. So, yeah, it was a really good in-depth chat, like always. Um, and don't forget to check out his work at com as well, where you can... Um, yeah we've well, done some great articles and you know uh 's got a patreon uh, page set up uh, where it's uh there 's a number of options there 's five dollar options seven dollars fifty options uh, and a ten dollar option as well which i which i pick and um yeah it 's uh very in depth talk uh, there 's a lot of videos uh, talks about um, you know four structures um, and just individual players as well, so definitely get behind that uh, anyways i won 't hold you up anymore i 'll bring on Ricky right now. All right, so I'm joined once again by Ricky. So, Ricky, we're just doing a bit of a, a review of the game on uh, well, what day was it again? It was on Saturday, wasn't it? So, yeah, I've already lost my bearings and we're a minute and a half uh, <laughs> talking. So um, what were the positives for you out of the game?
1: Oh, I think a big one for me was just the attempt to be more aggressive with the ball use. Um, yeah. It's been a pretty common theme. That um, last year, I guess, the best passages... Um, Earlier this year, there's obviously like the first step of the process has been just sort of maintaining possession and and sort of looking for that sort of control with ball in hand. Um, Mm. I think at some, at at some times um, earlier this year, it kind of of went away a little bit too far towards control and, and um, a little bit away from, from trying to take ground and put, putting defend defenders and defensive setups under under stress. I thought particularly the first half, um, we saw a really concerted effort to, to try and get at Carlton um, yeah. and, tr- and try and move a little bit of speed. Um, and I, th- I thought they found a nice, I thought I thought it was a nice balance between uh, moving it with control and then also p- picking the right moments to sort of get some overlap going, um, particularly in the yeah. second quarter. Um, yeah, yeah, for me, that was the main one. I obviously couldn't maintain it for four quarters. But, um, yeah, yeah, I thought the first half was, was pretty promising in that yeah, respect.
0: Yeah, I mean, we kicked seven goals in the first half, which is, um, which is a big win for us you'd have to think because yeah. it's been a while since we've scored 45 points in a half of football and, you know, you, you go another 45 points and that's 90. Um, it's been – I think the last time we played Carlton was the last time we scored over 100 points in a game. So, yeah, definitely, um, yeah, it was, it was a big positive to start off. And, um, yeah, like you said, just move the ball with a bit more purpose and try and put uh, Carlton a bit more on the back foot. Um, but like you said, yeah, obviously uh, couldn't maintain it for four quarters. Um We'll go to yeah. You know, I mean, is that the main positive you found out of the game, or did you find any others? Um, oh well,
1: I mean, we might as well start with Corn Francis now. Hey, how about that? Yeah, yeah. That was that was my I guess. My team positive. I guess from an individual point, it was um, yeah. it was him. I mean, not necessarily the, you know, the stats and the and the spoils he got. Um, even though he got a he got a rising star nomination for it. Um, yeah. it's more just that. More just the presence he carries himself with, and that, like, yeah, I think we've, it's been, I think it's been a common theme every time we've chatted that how he doesn't look like a first year player, a second game player, a fourth game player, um, yeah. a seventh game player, like it was on Saturday night, that he's willing to take that challenge, um, yeah. even though he stepped up to another level. I mean, we saw it, um, saw it in the Sandful last year, um, particularly his prelim against Glenelg, where he was like the best player on this, on the field by... Quite a distance, and in that last quarter, he put his team on the back and almost got him over the line in that, that first yeah. half of the last quarter. And I was I was a little bit, um, I guess, just curious to see whether that would that uh mentality would go with him as he stepped up stepped up to the AFL level, and it has, um, yeah. which I thought I thought was great. Um, you saw the back and forth with Silvani, and well, I I, I, I love what Silvani said because it's part of football, you know, like I can't. Can't imagine what Horn Francis and the rest of the rules were saying that didn't get picked up by the cameras.
0: Yeah, yeah, true. And, Murray, right.
1: and exactly. literally just a what Silvani said, I, "I loved it. I loved the back and forth. Um, yeah, just the fact that he's that Horn Francis is willing to do that. Um, yeah, that's the sort of stuff that, yeah. Assuming he, he, he continues to do that, that it, brings his teammates along for the ride. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I thought it was great."
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I I don't know if you caught um David King on the first take and, but he mm-hmm. he basically said he's about ten games away from being the team's best player. So if he's ten games away, he's gonna be our best player by the end of the season at eighteen years old. Um yeah. You think <laughs> do, you, do you agree with that? <laughs> yeah, I mean um I
1: mean obviously obviously there's the unknown of how the body holds up to a first AFL season, but I mean yeah. on if we're if, you know, in an ideal world and and the um and the projection is linear rather than the um, the standard ups and downs. Are yet, um, yeah, well, I, I see no reason to disagree with the, with the trend line he's on. Yeah,
0: yeah, hundred percent. Look, at the moment, like we're what are we in uh, seven rounds in? Where yeah. would he be coming in our best and fairest right now? What do you yeah, think? That,
1: that is a very good question. Um, he has, has had a couple of quiet games. Um, yeah. Then again, a bunch of key players have missed games. Well, and he's. Play them all. Um, mm. That we still have that voting system that was introduced when I was there. I think it was the best. Your best twenty games count. So those those couple of quiet games he has might get um might get uh might not count by the time you get to the end of the season. Um, I mean, I think he'd be sort of. I mean, definitely be top ten, obviously. Yeah, of, yeah. I Feel like off the top of my head, somewhere between that four to eight range. That's with about. Yeah. 10 seconds worth of thoughts
0: <laughs> yes. yeah yeah i mean yeah sorry about the the, the, <laughs> the question without notice um yeah because i've got i've probably got luke mcdonald Jai simpkin as probably top two uh ben mckay maybe um yeah up there um, likely, um, maybe tristan cherry well. look yeah who's been yeah. okay you know nothing but he's probably ahead of tristan cherry i'm not too sure so that's that's probably yeah. about it at the moment yeah
1: that sounds about right. yeah yeah those four or five yeah um yeah, and then the rest of the guys who missed games as well. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, I reckon. Yeah, oh, I reckon maybe
0: Hugh I... Greenwood as well. So, um, yeah, potentially.
1: Potentially,
0: I'm um, yeah. not, sure. <laughs> not sure. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other names here to be honest with you, because there's not much to pick from. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. Like if he keeps playing the midfield for the rest of the season, um, yeah, he's, he's probably a chance to actually win the <laughs> win our best and fairest. So, I think he win. I think he yeah. win the Norwich Rising Star um This year, uh, if he keeps going the way he's going, and Touchwood, he doesn't get injuries. So, yeah, no, it's um it's it, for the fight that's going to
1: happen online if it gets to round 18, and, and him and Day-Cost are still playing well. And it's just going to be, it, it's just going to be
0: Twitter flame
1: wars every day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it's not it. oh, like it Twitter.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, to that. So, that's, uh, I, I think I enjoyed. Look, he showed a lot of leadership as well. For, for a six or seven gamer like you've seen Taryn Thomas get um yeah got a, got a big bump and he got right in there uh, protecting his teammate and mm. you know he, he obviously got frustrated in the third quarter and that's why he gave yeah a bit, bit of a bit of a shot to uh, Silvani when he got rid of the ball um yeah like I really like that he's um shown a bit of leadership for an 18 year old because at the moment we've got probably a lot of players that' um are thinking about their own game and probably just uh trying to think of the ways they can you know, improve it like that. And that's what happens when you're down on confidence. You're probably thinking about yourself a bit too much and thinking, oh, how how can I get involved in the game and you know, how can I you know, improve my own performance rather than team performance, whereas he's he's thinking about the collective, you know, like yeah. um yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it's um it's funny you mentioned that actually 'cause um for an eighteen year old to have that survey. I remember a conversation I had with um with Sam Gibson when um when it was I think it was on the eve of his hundredth and we were just talking about, you know, um, his journey and how you go, how you go through forms, um, slumps, and all that sort of stuff. And he, and he said exactly that. Um, yeah. You just mentioned in terms of, yeah, you know, when players, when players aren't playing well, they try, to, they tend to retreat. And and he specifically mentioned that extra experience he had because obviously with the journey he went on from a VFL level, a boiling way there before going to going to North, he sort of learned how to recognize that. Yeah, time to recognize it and. And go actually okay. Well, I can't do this. I've got to do you know X, Y, Z instead. And um, and like yeah. I said, for an eighteen-year-old to do that is, is is so impressive. Like, it's yeah, not hurdle. It's like, hard that's hard that's hard. a completely different skill set to like to your literal skills and you your kicking, your handballing, and your running. It's uh, it's yeah. a mentality thing and it's a, it's a mindset thing. And and some people just like don't have it. Full stop. And for him, yeah, to that's like, eighteen years old, seven games in is um, yeah, so so impressive.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. How old do you think he'll be when he's, when he's captain of the club, if, as long as he stays? You know? <laughs> like he would probably be about 21, 22 when he's probably captain. You'd have to think at this stage,
1: wouldn't you? Uh, potentially. I mean, well, I think it feels like Simpkin and or McDonald would be, um, probably Simpkin feels like the next captain. Um, yeah, yeah, you'd have to think so. Um, and, and he'd probably take it, you know, it seems like next year would be really um, yeah time for him to, to do it um, for a smooth handover and still having Zeebler around and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um and then it probably just depends on on what Simpkins' form is like. And I mean, say yeah. if Simpen had it for, you know, three or four years and it takes him to, you know, twenty eight or twenty nine, it's it's a, bit, it's a bit early to change captains, you know. But I mean you know, Who yeah. knows what four years will look like.
0: <laughs> yeah, who, oh exactly who right. Knows so yeah. the game of yeah. football
1: will look like in four years.
0: Time. Yeah, well, we don't even know what the game of football will look like in four weeks, let alone in four exactly. years. So, yeah, a lot of things are uh, seem to change pretty quickly. So yeah, <laughs> no, nah, yeah, we, we might get back to him. Who knows? Uh during our podcast, the Jason or Francis. Um uh what about negatives? We'll go to that. Um, what were the negatives you found in the game? Uh it
1: was actually a I know um, every time on I tend to say, oh, I actually said it in the shimbone piece, but this is actually something I didn't get space for in the shimbone piece um, that was um, the negative. It was just the a lot of what Carlton do that makes them strong is that overlap run and the way they yeah. create it. Um, yeah. And that's and when they've had those halves that they've torn teams apart, like, you know, first half against the Bulldogs, uh, last quarter against Richmond, first half against uh, Port Adelaide, those sorts of things, they've really orchestrated that overlap run. Um, yeah. And now that we're, well, yes, we're six rounds in, heading into, yeah, heading into last Saturday, it's um, it sh- that shouldn't have been a secret the way they, the way they played and drew um, in on that, and and it just wasn't. We're just talking about mindset things. Um, the players they just weren't awake to it, weren't alert to it. Um, it would have been one thing if they were, you know, trying to chase and stop, and the Carlton players were quicker. That's you know that, that happens. You know, you can excuse that to a certain extent that um. So many yeah. times they were just slow to realize um, the whole whole team effort. Well, I should say midfielders and forwards, obviously the defenders don't, aren't tasked with stopping overlap run, but um, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, they could have on another day with different umpires, it quite easily could have been seven or eight 50s conceded because the amount of times the north guys were slow to realize there's overlap run coming and then caught on different sides of the mark, um, yeah, I bunch of times I, I just waiting cringed, waiting for the whistle and, and it didn't come for a fifty. Um, yeah. and I just just slow, not by foot and or by running, but just slow in mind. Yeah, yeah. John. It, um it's just a mentality and mindset thing. Um and that that was frustrating. That that triggered a bunch of a bunch of good scoring opportunities and I mean I assume we'll get to the back line eventually later on. But yeah. when you're that undermand, um you have no margin for error further up the field. No, that's it. That inability to stop the overlap run. Um, yeah. Put the back line under stress way too much.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've, we've been struggling all season with uh, opposition teams in the uncontest- uncontested possession game, haven't we?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was, actually, um, I was actually just looking at the uncontested differentials game by game before we hopped on here. And yeah. starting with the Brisbane game, it goes minus 59, mm. then minus 18 against Sydney, minus 110, Against the Bulldogs, so minus fifty-eight against Geelong, and minus ninety-four against Carlton. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. they're not the prettiest numbers in the world.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely
1: not. Um, yeah. And I mean, a lot of that is is, is a mindset thing because you've got to be switched on and alert, you know, um, especially yeah. against Carlton last Saturday. Um, yes, and 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 then sometimes there's like two types of uncontested position you get. You can have sort of the really slow static one, like what Adelaide did against Melbourne a few weeks ago. You know, you can be you can be minus one hundred and fifty, and that it doesn't really matter because that type yeah. of disposal isn't hurting you. But um, being yeah. minus ninety four in the type of uncontested disposals Carlton had, that's that's what kills you. Um, and
0: yeah. minus a million against the Bulldogs as well. But... Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, how did you like overall? How do you see the pressure of the game? Do you think we put, were uh, put more pressure on this week? Because um, just looking at um, the pressure rating, according to the champion data, we had a uh, pressure rating of 165, which is pretty poor. It was the worst of the round, and it, it's just pretty much on the same as it was against Brisbane, which was a poor-pressured game as well. Um, it, yeah, I mean, do, do you think we'll... Like, I know teams sort of said, oh, we had more effort uh, across the weekend, maybe because it, was, it wasn't was you know, a 70-point loss, it was a 50-point loss. Yeah, I'm yeah. just thinking, do you think we will we put more pressure on.
1: Um, it's 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 pressure, is such a hard thing to measure, isn't it? Yeah, um,
0: yeah.
1: I thought there were there were individual moments. Um, funnily enough, led by Paul Curtis's presence for, for a second yeah, game, yeah. Um, where he was around, and that triggered sort of the the follow up. You know, what his effort yeah. triggers another two. But I mean, pressure is a team construct, you know. Um, and and a press is a team construct. I mean, it, one person can be amazing, but if you haven't got the the two, three, and four sort of float floating bo- behind you to back that up, then yeah, you know, that, that means it means nothing in the end. Um, just I, I've just loaded up the pressure factor from Sunday's paper, and it did sort of drop off, yeah, you know, drop off in the last quarter. Um, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. I think I think it comes and goes. I mean, like like everything in North Camp at the moment. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah,
0: it definitely um, de- definitely varies.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's it's so it's so hard to judge. Um, I mean, and the, and the pressure gauge in itself, how did it explained to me by a couple of smart people, and um, and it's not it's not the easiest thing in the world to explain. No, <laughs> no,
0: champion data isn't. It's, it just is very complicated in itself. So yeah, no, uh, yeah, definitely, it's,
1: it's really tricky to judge. Um, I think. I think in a couple of weeks, well, hopefully a couple of weeks, once um, Jed Anderson comes back in, I think he'll play at least to start with a lot, a lot more forward. And then assuming um, Curtis's uh, you know, body holds up and he's all right with the rigours of AFL football, he doesn't need a rest and all that sort of stuff. Having that sort of tag team in action in the forward half should should um, provide a, a bit better sort of impetus for the whole team to sort of rally behind. Um, yeah. Yeah, the fact that Paul... It's good. It's great that Curtis is so influential, um, and you can see the um the impact is having in two games. But um, yeah, yeah, he's got yeah. he's, he's to come with him.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred oh, percent, yeah, and that's that's the problem at the moment. We're just not getting enough of the senior blokes to come with him. Um, I'll talk about a couple of senior blokes uh, in the midfield at the moment. Now, look, Dave Uniac had sixteen possessions, uh, ten possessions in the second quarter, so he only had six more for the rest of the game. Jaden Stevenson, uh, fifteen possessions for the game. Eleven possessions in the second quarter. Uh, so I only had four more touches um, for the rest of the game. Uh, Tarrant Thomas had thirteen and didn't get one possession in the last quarter when the heat was on. Um, it's about that consistency, getting those players to you know uh, consistently get uh, four quarter efforts, and um, we're not getting that at the moment, are we? For you know these these are four. I suppose uh, Taron Thomas is in his fourth season, I believe. And, you know, LGU is in his fifth season. These are the types of players we've got to get a bit more four-quarter efforts from, don't we?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, Taron's looked a little sort of short of the run in his last yeah. fortnight after coming back from – I mean, I can't believe he only missed three weeks with that. <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah, same. I was, I, yeah. I was thought he'd be out for double that. To um, so yeah. come back after three weeks is um, – is pretty incredible. Um, looked really short for the run last week, and looked a bit better, um, yeah. Touched better on Saturday. I finished on the bench. Uh, I, I saw. I think it was Mitch Cleary reported that you had scans on a hamstring, but they came back all clear. Yeah. Um, I wonder with Thomas whether it's just a matter of he just needed, he just needed a couple of games, um, and then yeah. he'll be okay. I mean, before, I mean, to, to be honest, before he had that time off, he. Hadn't started the season off too well uh, as well. No, um, that's true. Yeah. So it wasn't like he was flying. Um, LDU, I think, I think it's just a matter of he just needs to play on Bournemouth. And I think it's just a matter of if he was in, like, if his exact skill set was in a better team right now, yeah. Um, it'd be amazing. I mean, there was, uh, there was two passes in the third quarter. Um, uh probably mid to late in third quarter um 450 stoppages and he got he powered out of the first one um handballed it went to nothing yeah and then basically the exact replay happened you know a minute or two later if that and he just thought you know so and so so and so that you can you can uh i'm sure you know what word goes there and just goes no i'm taking, <laughs> the, shot yeah, yeah. Um, I'm taking the shot myself and he and he just missed um yeah I think that aggressiveness it works so well in a good team and when and when things settle down and there's a bit more improvement, he'll, he'll all of a sudden take off. Um, I think it's just a matter of time with that skill set and just making sure he's the more he plays on ball um, and the more I guess the rotations are solidified and and consistently. Um, I think I think that'll, that'll go a long way towards sort of increasing that output. Um, I think it's a little unfairly malign because people see all the Flashy offensive stuff he does, and yeah, and one why he can't do it every week. But I mean, if you, mm. if you did that sort of stuff every week, he'd be, you know, one of the best three midfielders in the game. And
0: yeah, of course, that's
1: yeah. not obviously that's not his level yet. Um And with Stevenson, I think, I think, I think it's another one. He's been sort of in and out and and, and interrupted. I mean, I think I, he's one I did write about in the, the boner piece. I'd say, you know, you and you and Curtis Taylor rotating is between. You know, the yeah, that's wing, right. You did, I did read that, you know. Yeah, high half forward, like that's that's your role for yeah. the next month at least. Like here's your splits between the wing and forward, because just taking it when you're not, you know, you're not on the ground, or whatever. um, and and just go and just have a here's your free reign. Just like try and attack, right? Like we'll live with the mistakes. Um, I think I think he's the sort of guy that will benefit from that and just being like we're we're behind you. I mean, if you think about his basically ever since he came into the league with Collingwood and, and yeah. all the betting stuff and, and yeah. calling out with Nathan Buckley and all that sort of thing. And I um, just feel like he needs to be told. I mean, everyone needs to be told they're loved, right? <laughs> but, yeah. um, but, but him more than most, if you just tell him here's your wing, here's your half or just go, just try and take take the game on as much as possible. Um, yeah. And I think that, I think that that'll, um, that'll work well. I mean, we are going to Perth this week and we played well last time he was there, albeit against West Coast. And, um, they're not quite the defensive juggernaut three have I right now, but um, Yeah <laughs> enjoys playing over there. So um, you will see what happens. But I think for all three, of them, it just comes down to, to time, to consistency in roles. Um, yeah. and just
0: being valued. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, 100%. No, I couldn't agree more. Um, it was another uh, – well, white sugar coat. It was a second half failure out again. Do you yes. think we're fit enough or is it just a case of we're just um, – we're chasing a lot during the game. We don't have the ball, so we're getting tired a bit quicker.
1: Um, it's tough to know without knowing. Yeah. Obviously, when when with good reason, we're never going to be privy to the fitness numbers and yeah, um, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Um, in terms of how they the numbers and how and miles in the legs and all of all that sort of stuff. Um, this is the fade out from fitness, or is it just from mm-hmm. the guys being unable to run it out, or is it like you said, just because of all the chasing sort of? Has a cumulative effect and and in the end you know the human body can only run so much um mm. i was looking at last year's final quarter splits and it started out started out grim there as well um yeah. lost, lost, lost six straight final quarters between round two and round seven no um, right. round one was basically play, played it even with port adelaide but that was basic, um, basically um we basically switched off but yeah two, rounds yeah. two through seven lost them all uh, a couple of heavy ones in particular, Good Friday, obviously, and then it sort of stabilised after that. Um, yeah, it basically, which basically mirrored the team's performance as a whole. To be honest, um, when you think about it, um, it's, it's just it's just so hard to know whether because it could be one of you know four different things. Um, mm. I think on, I think it's almost like you have to isolate them one by one, yeah, and see if taking one away um, affects the others. Like maybe maybe on Saturday night it was the you know the attempt to have more speed in the game actually yeah, had a negative effect. At the end like, but it also, like you said, it could have been from the chasing. So yeah. there's just so many things; it's hard to isolate yeah. what's the precise cause of it. And then I mean, we could go around circles for half an hour trying to figure yeah. out what it is. Probably not, yeah. not be there at the end of
0: it. Yeah, yeah, I probably won't be. Yeah, yeah exactly right. So yeah, like you said, it's probably a combination of things. I don't think it's just one thing as well.
1: Mm. Yeah. So, exactly. That's um, just. I think it's just a. It's just a time, time thing to figure out what it is or what it was
0: and um, and then go from there. But, um,
1: yeah, it could be anything.
0: Yeah, yeah true. Yeah, very good point. Well, I'll go to uh, Ruckman. We'll talk about a few individual players now. I'll talk um, Todd Goldstein, probably our best player on the weekend. Now, let's say he continues his form for the next four weeks and he's in our best and uh, playing some good games and Tristan Sherry uh, comes back. Um, what would you do? Would you... Hinder the development of a Tristan Sherry to keep playing Todd Goldstein. And to go on Colin Jones, I thought was okay on the weekend too. It, I thought he had his moments. Um, or do we sort of go back to how it was? I mean, you pretty much right in your that Todd Goldstein's not working as a forward. Um, yeah. it, it, it'll be a dilemma in a month's time. Uh, which way would you go?
1: That is a very good question, and that's yeah. why I'm happy I don't have to deal with selection. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I guess the tricky part is, like, he's still the best ruck on North list by yeah, an absolute, like, um, but he's also turning, was it 34 this year or was it 35? Yeah, I think he's um, 34 now, I think, so, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he could play ruck a couple of years. Turns turns 34 in July. Um, yeah. And at what stage do you need to have him as a second ruck? But then he can't play. You can't well, can't is a stretch. But you can't play as your second tall forward without a, without a third anyway, because like it's just not his you know, it's just not his skill set. It's a. But then if you keep playing him as first ruck, uh, then you then you're sort of you know limiting the opportunities for Sherry or Coleman Jones, and we know all three of them can't play on the same team as we found out yeah. in round one. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I I have a hunch. By the time we get to let's if, if Sherry's back in a month, an extra three weeks of of Coleman Jones in the side will sort of. Um, I, I feel like it might answer the question, just with time. By the time yeah. we get three weeks, it might be like, well, you know, Coleman Jones is playing well, and then did I did get the vibe from the post match press conference that Coleman Jones is very much being eased into things, um, and just that he needed a few games at AFL level. I think, um, he was only at the like 30 odd ruck contests. and I, I had I had a thought of the ruck contest, it was probably going to be more sort of 55 45 goals thing rather than the like it was like 70 30 ish that it ended up being. Um, yeah, yeah, I just, I just feel like time will time will answer the question. Um, because yeah. I mean, if you're I, if winning was the priority, he'd be first ruck for the rest of the year and probably next year too. But, yeah. um, I mean, I think we all know winning isn't the, the first priority from a List management, long term point of view. Um, yeah, yeah, at, at yeah. the moment, um, but yeah. It's. I mean, I, I mean, selfishly, I'd love him to get to three hundred games um, at North Melbourne next year. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if other clubs come knocking um, yeah. for him at the end of the year, and he, and he finishes his career with the, as a as a one year rental next year at a at a team, you know, with lag aspirations.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, like you said, um, what do you think that was? the case with him playing 70-30 uh, if we're sort of looking at development like Kellen Cohen jones Like, I, I agree with you. I, I thought it was going to be a 55-45 split, and then it was like 70-30. Um, what do you think they went like that if they're not prior? Do you think it was just a bit of a panic because we've been struggling the last few weeks that, um, all right, let's just get our best player in the best position?
1: I think I think it was more protecting... I don't know if protecting is the right word, but just wanting to ease Coleman Jones into it and not sort of yeah. Yeah, um, give him the world in terms of workload straight away. Um, mm. yeah, I think his, his game time, just like a top made Colin Coleman Jones, is that he wasn't like to the to the higher level that most teams normally play their key position players at either end of the field or the rucks. Um, mm. I feel I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think Friday night you'll see a bit of an increase in contests and time on ground from Coleman Jones. Yeah. Um, mm. And yeah, just yeah, just the vibe I got from Noble in the post-match press conference is that he just needs to play a couple of games and ease him into life, and very much AFL life back into AFL life. I think so. um, and, they, and they're trying to protect him. Um, yeah. So you will what, we'll, yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens on Friday night. But I, I feel like that was just the, the start of a multi-week process. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I, yeah. That, that does make sense. Yeah, I agree with that. So yeah, now that and that's fair enough too. So I think the biggest talking point was our back line on the weekend. I actually thought you were going to run out on the ground and pl- take uh, you know, <laughs> one of Harry Mackay, Charlie Kerner at one point. Um, yeah, I mean, how did you think the back line went on the weekend? They were severely, you know, I mean, undermined. It is an understatement. I, I thought that battled uh, nobly, like um, uh, yeah, Aiden Bonner and Josh Walker. I mean, it, they're, not, um, you know, they're not supposed to be your number one, number two key position defence, are they? Defenders. No,
1: no, exactly. I mean, I think for the for the hand they were dealt, they they did as well as they could. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I think quite took eleven marks or twelve marks. Or, um, I mean, he could have taken twenty, and it's still, oh, from my point of view, I wouldn't criticize um, Bonner for a, a single solitary second. And he did as well as he. Could. Um, just he was just being he was just being asked to do something that's way, just way above his pay grade in terms of um. Yeah. The um I think yeah, they all they all did as well as they could. as individuals. I mean, and especially with the the weight of supply that was coming in, I don't think you could ask them to do anymore. Um. No, no that, I guess it's just the list the list management as a whole that put him in that position that they had to battle um being so outmanned.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of talk about yeah, you know, why didn't we get another key position defender? But if we've got to, like, let's say Marty Hall's on the list and he plays on the weekend, it's, it's not going to make that much of a difference, is it, to the result? Uh,
1: no, I just think, um, from a long term point of view, I mean, you want to get your the players that you think are going to be medium to long term players. You want to put them in the positions mm. that you think they're going to play. In. Um, yeah. and I mean, I think if Bonner's body can cooperate with him, because obviously he hasn't been able to. Stay on the park consistently for um, while he's been at North is that he he does have that skill set to play as either that sort of third, tall fourth tall tweener um, those tweener mid sized types yeah. um, like Sylvani for instance um, and if you know if if Ben McKay was was playing Von probably would have played on Sylvani and, and that's like a perfect type matchup for him yeah um, and I think it's just a larger question of like yes the stopgap defenders. You know, they might not get you extra wins. Um, hmm. They might not sort of necessarily drive play, but what it does allow you is your, the players that you think are your key players, you get them in the positions you want to, you let them build and get consistency in roles, and um, that that's the part that frustrates me. I'm, I'm not going to pretend I'm an expert in the you know, key defending key defender stocks in state leagues around the country. Um, it's yeah. more just. Um, just the inability to have a balanced list is forcing players to play in roles that they're not suited for and not ready.
0: Yeah. I mean this was always going to be a problem at the start of the season. We kind of knew this that if we got to if Aiden Core or you know Ben McCoy or Josh Walker, I mean they've all been injured or suspended at uh, different points during the season that we're always going to be severely undermanned. So, you know, I mean it's no surprise really is it that it's happening. It's
1: one of those things if you're if you don't want something to happen, it's it's going to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean you're relying a lot on, on a lot of luck. So you know, it, I mean, as far as you know, trying to keep three um, key position defenders and the three uh, only three key position defenders on your list are trying to keep them healthy. It's uh, it's always going to be a, um, it, you're playing basically Russian roulette uh, from you know. Uh, as soon as the list is done, so and picked uh, during pre season, so yeah, I mean, unfortunately, yeah, it is what it is at the moment. I, yeah, I thought um, they battled manfully, uh, both those boys. Um, I'll talk about another couple of defenders. How have you seen the development of uh, Lockie Young and Bailey Scott in the last few weeks?
1: Yeah, I thought I think Bailey Scott's been, I mean, Bailey Scott's a perfect example of what I was saying in terms of getting guys in the roles that you want them to play. Um, because we've had, um, because not had a, a bunch of halfbacks in there, like, you know, McDonald or Ossie Zeeble started there and, and Hall and yeah. um, and Turner's playing on the smalls. Um, mm. It's allowed Scott to basically play on the, I guess, the least threatening opposition forward every week and sort of ease him into life as that sort of high halfback yeah. um, role. And he's been given the time to to learn it and to get better at it. And, you know, thankfully he stayed fit as well. So he's got that continuity in his game. And you can see in the last couple of weeks, um, it's really he's really come on. It's probably probably his, probably his best game on uh, against Carlton. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I like the, I don't know. If, I think his I think his career trajectory would be sort of much like his dad, where he's never necessarily a, a star, so to speak. Uh, I don't think that's too harsh to say, but he's yeah. He, he can he that's can it. always be. He's a consistent performer. Yeah. Um, week after week. I mean, in a lot of ways, similar to to Jamie. Jamie, McC- yeah, McMillan. Um, even though yeah. he, I know he wasn't the favourite um, <laughs> amongst a few right? fans, but um, yeah. but a similar type of he's going to play your role and he's valuable to the team for what he does. Uh, but he's never going to be an A plus player. Um, and no. I think he's really developing nicely. Um, um, and then capped off um, against Saturday, uh, Lockie Young. I'm a little unsure where whether his best twenty two. Um, hmm. In the future, I think he's. Yeah. I think his sort of uh, his role is sort of that 20, 20th to sort of twenty eighth player yeah. on a list. Roughly, um, I just think when when people are fit, there's better options yeah. um, across half back and uh, across the wing as well um, yeah. that can provide more drive or or better defence. But I'm not saying he's no good because I think he has a role. I just don't not sure whether his skill set is going to be ahead of others. Um, as the team develops.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've got, uh, like, Goder, Miller-Bergman got a game on the weekend. They're all going to be fighting for that position um, as that, uh, you know, halfback flanker. Uh, in <clears throat> Well, do you think... Uh, well, he's had a contract at the end of the year. Do you think he gets another year?
1: That is a very good question. That is a very <laughs> good question. Yeah, I mean, um, it's pretty
0: early at the moment. He has played every game so far. He's been okay. Yeah. He hasn't set the world on fire, but he's never going to be that player that's going to, you know, set the world on fire. Um, yeah, I mean, I we, didn't, we got in for nothing as well. So,
1: yeah, I, I, I think it's borderline. Um, I mean, um, I'm just loading up his season stats from last year as we speak. But um, you, he yeah. you, obviously he you started the started the season last year in the team as well, um, and didn't only played. I think two of the last sort of ten games. Yeah, um, I think you're right. Yeah. Played 15 games, two as an unused sub. So only you mm-hmm. only saw the field once after round thirteen. Um. Yeah. So, and he, I mean, he wasn't—he's not bad by any means. I think it's just a. I think it might be a case of unless he finds an extra level that we haven't seen yet, I think it's going to be very borderline, and it probably depends on um, how those guys you mentioned develop across the course of mm-hmm. twenty twenty. Whether they're whether the um whether the list managers think they'll be ready for consistent senior action in twenty twenty three. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think borderline at the moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a 50-50 call. And if you've got a number of those half-back flanker type players and, you know, um, fringe sort of wingmen, um, and, and you've got to get uh, key position defenders in or, or key position players in, then he might be one of those ones that uh, misses out because, yeah, like, that's uh, just, yeah, I mean, uh, unfortunately, that's just how the nature of the business goes. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he goes. He's probably getting a game at the moment because we don't have many other options, do we?
1: Uh, or many AFL ready options, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, that's what I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, I think, yeah, like I said, I think it's just a matter of how quickly they develop or how confident um, the list managers are their ability to contribute from next year but um another yeah. one of those annoying questions that only time can solve
0: <laughs> yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah i mean i'm just saying i'm, I'm probably uh speaking uh, as of probably now like uh seven rounds in or whatever we're in so yeah we'll uh we'll see how we go i think you'll get more opportunities over the course of the you know, season without doubt yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah we'll um uh, yeah, you'll see how that develops. Um, hmm. We'll go to the forward line now. Now, there's been a lot of talk about Jack Marney and how poor he's been. Like, he wasn't great on the weekend. Um, he was pretty lucky that he got that uh, free kick after he dropped a uh, pretty easy uh, overhead mark, uncontested on the Ford 50. He looks a bit <laughs> down in confidence, but I don't think he can get dropped because there's no one else to replace him at the moment, is there?
1: Yeah, um, I, think, I think Jed is the logical replacement for him. Yeah. Um, but he's still probably two weeks away. I think he only paid, only paid three quarters in the VFL on Saturday. So yeah. I think it's at least two weeks away. I think for me, looking at Marnie, it's just a case of expectations and, and what people want to see from him. Um, yeah. That's kind of colour and judgment a little bit. Um For me, I see him as like that 15 to 22 player when all is going well during the week. So yeah. when I see him, I'm not expecting him to be you know playing high half forward and, and you know kicking a goal every week and having twenty touches. Um no, I thought he was I thought he was on a good stint uh right up until he sprained his ankle against he was late in the Bulldogs game. Yeah. Um and then has hasn't been great since. Um if yeah. it was a I think if, if it was a case of like you said having the options, I think he probably I doubt whether he would have played against against Carlton um because he wasn't yeah. great the week prior against Geelong, either. Um, mm. But like you said, there's there's just not a heap of heap of AFL ready options to bring to bring yep. in for him. Um, yeah, so he plays. Um, yeah, that I mean no <laughs> Yes, yeah. Yeah, so, but I, I had no concerns with him because of what I anticipate from him, and that's to be sort of that 15 to 20 second best player. Um, yeah. well, that's good things. Um, but if you're relying on him to do more, I think that's. Um, I think that says. Or about where the rest of the team is at rather than. I think he's going to be um, a valuable player in that role for for a few years to come, assuming you, know, you stay on the park and, and, and keep developing.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, like Phoenix Spice is still there for another week or two with the hamstring, so, and then will have to get a, a bit of a run, uh, a full, you know, a run of games in the reserves before he's even considered. So, at the moment, he's probably uh, pretty safe. But like you said, he's probably you know he's that fringe player. Um, he's, he's in your best twenty-two based on um, he has got AFL capabilities. So yeah, it's 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 a tough one. Um, yeah, because yeah, at the moment he's I think he's only kicked by two goals this season. So which is not enough. We expected a bit more from him um, than that. And yeah, I mean the same flaws that have been there. Yeah, you from know, from the start of his career, still still there now. He's got no penetration on his kick. Um, he's not overly quick as well. So yes, it's yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we're not delivering the ball to the forward line, which um, <laughs> which is nice making team it a bit hard team. for him to get front and square and so forth. You're so. Getting
1: frostbite down there most
0: of the time. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. I think uh, I'll, if I was in the forward line, I'd, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'd probably um, be be struggling as well. So you know. Yeah, as, as far as um yeah trying to get uh, front and square to as many contests as you get, can to yeah because that, that that's the role he's supposed to be playing he's not really playing that um role at the moment is he like he's not really getting front and square to many contests
1: yeah and I think that um, goes back to um when we were discussing a few of the mids earlier and just in <coughs> terms of consistency of roles and and what's expected of them um you know like some some weeks he'll be asked to play as more of a um. <laughs> Excuse me, um, yeah. it's more of a traditional small forward, and some yeah. weeks he's asked to play a bit higher. Yeah. Um, I think for someone like him who has those sort of natural limitations in his game that is that are always going to be there, um, mm. regardless of how, of how well he comes on, he needs to. I think it just comes down to like, this is what we want you to do, like full stop, yeah, um, yeah, no. and yeah. then when the delivery up when the field is a bit better. and um, there's a bit more report after going, I think he's um, I think yeah. he'll be involved more, but um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think saying he's this, obviously this isn't a, something that you've said, but just the general consensus of you know, he's he's no good, get rid of, I think it's a bit of um, it's a bit, a bit fanciful and
0: um, <laughs> not realizing, not realizing yeah. what he can, yeah. Yeah, no, I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. So, in saying that, um, obviously Nick lucky did a you know, pretty stupid thing on the weekend. Who replaced mm-hmm. him on the uh, as far as uh, going forward this week against Fremantle? Do we look at getting Charlie Combin in? Um, he didn't play last week with knee soreness, and the week before was fairly quiet in practice match against Frankston. Oh, not the VFL match, sorry, against Frankston. Um, do you think we just throw him straight in as a like-for-like replacement?
1: Oh well, Bonner plays undersized full back last week, so we can just ask him players as undersized full forward this week. I mean, what's the difference, right? He's- yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> much well, I <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, in an ideal world, um Colin's the one who comes in for him. I am I am stuck between wanting to see him play AFL and then knowing how important he is and his skill set and, yeah. and and what he showed at BFL before him this last week. Um and how important he is to North long term, whether it's whether it's the right move bringing him in this week. Um I, again, it's it's hard to tell without you know, being on the inside and knowing what he's um knowing what his body's like, what his numbers are like, how he's recovered from this knee soreness or whether how serious the knee soreness was. Um you know, if it was, if it was anyone else would they've just played through it, who knows? Um, yeah, I
0: mean, I think it was a bit of a probably extra cautious approach, maybe by the hands of it. So, yeah, you know, I mean, maybe he's just due for a week off. So, yeah, I mean, you
1: know, go. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's against Frio, so the ball's probably not going to come down there.
0: We'll be next to Jack Marnie and get frostbite, like you said. Exactly.
1: Um, cool. I think it's it's so hard to judge from the outside, not knowing what the current how bad that knee nice soreness was. If it was if it was minor, then you know, and and the fitness people think he's ready to run a full game out, then by all means get him in. Um yeah. I just I just don't want to see him rushed. Because yeah, that's yeah. gonna have that has a potential for long term consequences, which, are, which is much more important than a one and six team playing on a Friday night interstate against a top four team. Um,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: No, so it's just hard to judge. I mean, in an ideal world, it's common Is he ready? Yeah. Uh, who knows? Who knows?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's only one way to find him, I suppose, and that's if they do uh, put him in. Because, yeah. I mean, who else could we put in at the moment? Like, that's a forward. That's, there's no one that's a what for what. could probably be a midfielder to come in for him, and you'd probably play Colin Conn Jones and Jack Zebel as your key forwards with sir wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, you would. Yeah, I think you'd, yeah, you'd bring in a, an extra, you know, smaller or mid-sized, um, and play um, and and play sort of your one too tall, your two mid size, and like I said, and Zeeble and Zohar, and just try to move it and just try to move quick um, yeah. and see what happens. Um, I think that's I think that's the other option if if Comben isn't ready um, or if his knee soreness is too was uh, on a level where you don't want to risk risk him bring him straight back in. Um, yeah, I think that's the secondary option. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, think, I think that's the only two options to be honest.
0: No, I mean, look, as far, look, I mean, there's a lot of people talking about uh, drop, you know, Lockie Young, drop Boston Ovalagi, drop, you know, about uh, six players. We just don't have the players in the reserves at the moment to do that, do we? I mean, as far as I've seen, I've seen Jed Anderson the weekend. I've seen Will Phillips. Um, he probably still needs more of a run. Uh, Tom Powell, uh, which the club already talked about, they want to give him a few, few weeks in the reserves uh, to get um, more, I-, I guess, match fitness um, into him. That's um, all of that. There's um, there's not much else, is there, really? No, the there's not.
1: Yeah. And I, it does seem like if I'm putting two and two together, they've decided Powell is only an on on-baller. Um, yeah. I Because I think I think he quite easily could have been in the team on Saturday night, playing sort of, yeah, you know, your bits and pieces role across across a few different sort of areas, like you know, like a little bit of midfield time, and a little bit of path forward time, and yeah. you know, a little bit of wing time, and I think. I mean, again, I could be, I could be two plus two equals five from my end. Um, yeah. That they're going to play him as an on-baller, and and yeah. then when he gets when he gets an opportunity, that's when he comes back in. Same um, potentially same with Phillips, although it's harder to read with him because he only just completed what one full one full game back since since the yeah. Giulio. So um, yeah, I I'll I we'll, uh, wait and see on him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, there's Jackie Bebwoods in the ruck. Um, he's he's clearly not yeah. ready. Um, the, the back one, uh, there's a few unknowns here as well. So yeah, it's it's just um, it's slim pickings at the moment, really, as far as uh, re- reserves players to you know, There's no one really knocking down the door. Um, we're pretty much just waiting for players to come back from injury to pick from. To be honest with you.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it. that's it. Um, yeah, I, I I feel like they are coming back to this, and I'm probably a broken record, but it's just time. <laughs> it's time. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, we'll, uh, we'll see how we go. So we move forward. We'll go to Frio this week. Um, how can we be competitive against Frio? Uh, we pray.
1: You know that scene <laughs> in The Simpsons where they say, homie, you've got to visualise how you're going to beat Frederick Tatum, and then it has that, you know, that... Yeah, you know, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, been yeah. fell by a heart defect. Like, that's that's how North are going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They've yeah. been... Um, their defence has been so good. So, so good. Yeah. Uh, it's not... Um, it's not flashy. It's, you know, it's not as exciting in the traditional sense. But um, particularly against Geelong on Saturday, that was just outstanding how well they defended um, on that ground, which is basically foreign to them. Um, and Geelong didn't even look like he could go for nearly two two quarters. It wasn't like they had, you know, six or seven shots and just missed them all. They just, you know, barely looked like scoring at all. Um, yeah. And their defense has been so good. Um, I think they're. Well, I think they're actually better than Melbourne at the moment in terms of scores conceded per inside fifty. Yeah, I think um, they're number
0: one. They're first in the comp at the moment. So, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so, which says it all, really. Um, yeah, exactly we have how well Melbourne have defended, even in the third year. But, um, yeah. I just <laughs> I do worry about how North are going to move the ball. Um, I mean, even with Freo having, I think you've got, you've got Acres, Collier and Lob out with COVID this week, but they're probably going to get Darcy, Chapman, and Young all back in. So it's not yeah. a, um, yeah. if anything, those, I mean, I'm a big fan of Bakers, but in the collective, I think those three ins are better than your three outs. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah so, um, and I'm a massive fan of Chapman. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just, just figuring out a way to move it, um, which is, if we go back to where we're talking about, um, in terms of the forwards and who comes in for lucky. Like if the smaller setup actually forces you to play more of a ground game, um mm. maybe that's yeah. the, maybe that's more of an avenue to to getting on the scoreboard. But, I mean then you've got free out free are so good at forcing turnovers. Um they're just yeah. a really good defensive team and I mean they're not hitting the scoreboard often. They're not a offensive juggernaut by any means. Um, which,
0: they might be this week.
1: Yeah they might be this week. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: so that might be a little bit of an avenue, you never know. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I just I rate Freo's defense very, very highly. Um, been going from strength to strength this year. So um, I think it's going to be a struggle, but I am going to enjoy watching Fremantle because um, I enjoy yeah. good defense.
0: Yeah, 100%. And it's good – uh, well, I think you uh, touched on this before we started that um, it's good to actually get a Friday night game. So it's, um, it ruins our weekend nice and early too. So, Well, the great um, part is
1: it's not on Sunday. So you actually have Mother's Day free to do family stuff. So that's a rarity if Yeah,
0: yeah. Tr- it, it, and that's a very good point too. So, yeah, no, exactly. Um, I think my wife's happy about that one. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, they're very good at uh, stopping teams from moving the ball as well, aren't they? Yes. Complete opposite to us really. <laughs> yeah, most
1: most of what they do is complete opposites. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, it's um, it's been I guess a three or four year or however long long he has been in Swanson's third year, I think. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think yeah, and then and right from the start, he, I mean, I guess he had a sort of that a bit of a Ross line hangover in terms of like he'd already installed a, a bunch of sort of defensive um, culture and, and mindset. So like I guess he had a little bit of a head start in terms of. Asking players to do that, but he's always started defense first and built from there. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I felt a lot. felt like a lot of times last year, they were really close to just having like a student to win, or, um, yeah. and they just, they just found ways to lose. Um, and as, this year, it's all come together um, in yeah. terms of the defense, and then in terms of being able to create forward half turnovers, which is which is getting them enough um, on on the, on the scoreboard to let the defense do their thing. Yeah. Um, I still think they're a tier below Melbourne and Brisbane, but I think they're right in that secondary tier. Um, mm. alongside Sydney. Yeah,
0: and at the moment you'd have to yeah, you'd have to say that, wouldn't you? So just based on yeah. uh win loss record in, in general.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean I mean for at the at the moment those are my top four teams in terms of Melbourne, yeah. Brisbane, top two. Um Dan Hopefully, is not out for too long and, and then yeah. free Sydney. Um so you're three four in some whatever order you'd like. Um it yeah, maybe a good challenge. We could challenge, could challenge for, to see if North can sort of maintain that mindset of wanting to take it on and getting some overlap running against the defence that that's um, the best in the league right now. So, based on numbers, so, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I'm, I'm kind of getting sick of challenges at the moment because every week we seem to <laughs> have a challenge and we seem up up to... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean... Um... We'll, we'll see how we go. You never know. Jason and Francis might uh, get 44 touches and kick four goals. So that's probably, uh, <laughs> that's probably our best hope. Let's hope so, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. So anyways, uh, Ricky, it's been a pleasure as always. Did you want to add anything else or are you happy with that? Uh, just
1: the requisite plug for the shinburner.com. Um, oh, yeah, of course.
0: Just yeah, the usual. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I haven't mentioned it as much as normal. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> we've got got it all on there. Um got the patreon as well which is going nice people are still signing up for some reason I don't, i'm not quite sure why but um feel free and um i am on twitter at rick m18 yeah
0: no, no i mean yeah you're not sure why that's not the greatest plug i've ever heard <laughs> but um yeah <laughs> i mean you need to be a bit more of a salesman here, rick so yeah um <laughs> leave that to me um no definitely get on um like I've uh, mentioned before, uh you support them on your own. And these are in depth articles uh talking about forward structures, um, where we're sort of uh falling down, uh, mm-hmm. talking about individual players and how they're performing and it's only ten bucks a month. So, you know, just buy um a couple of those coffees a, a, a you know a week or something like that and that, that covers it. So yeah, no, it's it doesn't even ten bucks
1: a month, you can get the you know, so there's there's a five dollar tier as well and then a seven fifty as well. So you can tailor it to how you're uh whatever you'd like and actually now's a great time to sign up because you don't get the billing the Patreon billing doesn't come until the first of a month so you can sign up now you basically get a free month so
0: yeah I think mine <laughs> came out today life. or this morning so yeah no, yeah that's, yeah, that's alright no, yeah no well there you go so you almost get a free month basically so yeah. that's what Ricky's trying to tell you <laughs> yeah that's it yeah well anyways Ricky it's been a pleasure as always uh, likewise I look forward to chatting to you soon well, likewise looking forward to the next time no dramas, mate. You take it easy. So thank you to Ricky for coming on the show once again. A great in-depth chat. Um, and, yeah, I didn't give him uh, any easy questions. I gave him a lot of uh, short balls. Um, no half balls outside. sort of stuff uh, for Ricky. He's, um, very knows a lot about uh, North Melbourne list and just uh, how football is played in general. Uh, and with his com, it just doesn't cover North Melbourne stuff as well. He does a lot of uh, in-depth articles about other clubs. Um, there's there's, um, talk, you know, there's one with uh, Jaden Short, um, and he's moving to the midfield for the Richmond uh, Football Club. So there's a number of other things as well. Um, so yeah, definitely get behind it. Uh, and like I said, you support one of your own, so which is really good. Um, let's see for uh, this show. Um, don't forget to like, subscribe to the show. Um, it comes straight on your um Podcast feed, whichever one you use. Um, yeah, uh, I was really enjoying uh, all the retweets as well um, uh, when a show comes out, which is um, really beneficial. Um, it definitely goes out to more platforms. I got a a, a message from, I think it was uh, a guy from SEN Western Australia or something like that talking about, um, yeah, um, you talked about the show as well today, so yeah, so it's going, definitely going out there. So yeah, no, it's all because of you, lovely listeners, um, talking about it and uh, bringing it out and uh, retweeting and liking it. So yeah, it's, it's definitely going out to more platforms. And um, yeah, I, I can't thank you enough for all the all, all the work you do to uh, help the show. Uh, anyways, that's it. I'll probably be back um, later in the week. Uh, do a bit of a review of the Freeman performance. Um, I'll get someone on for that show. I'm not too sure yet. Um, So, yeah, I'll do another show later in the week and we'll get, um, yeah, not a review, a a preview of that performance, uh, a preview of the performance coming up. Uh, As you can tell, I'm sort of struggling. Um, You know, I've I've talked enough shit for this episode. Uh, I think I've gone 50-odd minutes. So, yeah, struggling a bit. So, anyways, uh, that's it. I will leave a shout-out to Max Warren. Bye for now.